When I was a little boy back in, I'm going to date myself quite a bit now, in the 50s, uh, there was uh, something that it came out. It was really, really cool. It was a little transistor radio that was shaped like a rocket ship. Mine, I think, was yellow uh, plastic, had little fins on it, about four fins around the bottom, and a round knob up on top that was really a, a slider, a, a, a metal uh, stick that you'd slide up and down in the middle of this little radio. And then it had an earpiece that you could stick in your ear. And it also had a ground wire. And uh, it was a long ground wire. And I could lay in bed at night and no batteries, no batteries, just the miracle of uh, just what goes on in the air. And you could hook this thing onto the, uh, I'd hook it on my iron bed post and uh, stick the hearing aid thing, stick the earpiece in. And then moving that rod up and down, that was a tuner. And I could tune in things from all over the place. There were, those radio signals were in the air. There was one ham operator that came through loud and clear. And then there were uh, radio stations in Houston. I was out in Cleveland, Texas, 45 miles out of Houston. And still I could pick up radio stations in Houston. And it was just amazing to me that you'd have to tune it in just right. You'd have to hold your mouth just right to get it to where it was clear signal so you could hear. Uh, I don't see those anymore, but it just amazed me in this age, whenever we're uh, trying to conserve electricity and things like that. Here's something that just uh, worked on the, uh, the uh, what was going on in the crystal that was in the radio. Incredible. So, uh, but the thing is, I had to tune in to the right frequency. I had to hone in. And this is what it's like uh, many times whenever we're trying to hear God. We have to tune in to his frequency in order to hear him. And in the next uh, few weeks, I want to talk to us, to all of us, myself included, about how to get on God's frequency, how to hear his voice. And uh, on this radio, there would be all other sorts of voices, but there would there was usually one radio station that I'd like to listen to the most. And I'd have to tune in to hear what I wanted to hear. There are all sorts of messages and signals out there in the world today. And we need to be able to tune in to our Heavenly Father. And so I want to start today by uh, just talking about the passage that we read this morning where Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd and my sheep hear my voice. Have you ever really believed that and heard that and understood it? My sheep hear my voice. Do you know what the 
Bottom line difference is between a believer and an unbeliever. It's a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Believers have a personal relationship with the Lord. Now, I know that there are a lot of people in the church that do not have a personal relationship with the Lord. They go to church. They're involved in the church. Some of them work really hard in the church. And if you could get them to honestly tell you why, they'd tell you, well, it's just the right thing to do. Uh, I like to be around people that believe in moral absolutes. Or, I just grew up this way, it's just something I do. Or, I like to be a part of a group that does good things in this world. I, I like to make a difference. And then through the church, I can make a difference for the good in this world. And some of them will just say, I just really appreciate the teachings of Christ. There are all sorts of reasons uh, it's because my mama did it and now I can't stop, you know, uh, maybe do it. And now I can't stop. You know, there's all sorts of reasons why, but, uh, they're in church, but they don't have a personal relationship. And I can attest to that because that was me for many years, grew up in the church, family helped start the Methodist church and, and the Protestant church in Texas. But uh, that's tradition. And God doesn't have any grandchildren. All he has are children. We're not going to get into a right relationship with God uh, through our grandparents or our parents. We all wind up having to have our own personal relationship with him. And I was in the church, but in some ways I was not churched. And as I was thinking about that this uh, last night, I, I remember there's a new word that's come into play lately and it's actually now made it into Miriam's uh, dictionary and that's the word sheeple you ever heard of sheeple you know uh, sheeple are it's a combination of the word sheep and people and uh, it means that the person or persons are acting as a group and not really paying any attention to what they're doing acting in that group or they only behave based on what's trending or what's popular. And uh, there have been sheeple in the church since the very beginning. There are those who are in the church, have no personal relationship with the Lord, but are very involved in it. The first account that I could think of was Annas and uh, Sapphira in the book of Acts. You'll see that at that point in time, just shortly after Pentecost, things were starting to go. The church was growing like wildfire and everybody was selling all that they had. If they had property, they were selling the property and bringing all of the, the proceeds and presenting them uh, to the apostles to uh, keep the work going. And uh, this and Annas and Sapphira sold a piece of property and they decided to keep part of the proceeds back. But then they made a big deal of going down and presenting it and acting like they were giving it all to the Lord. And uh, then uh, later, Annas came back in 
after he had left and Peter asked him, did you give us, did you give it all to us? And uh, he said, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, to make a long story short, the Lord, the Holy Spirit struck them both dead because they were deceiving. They were, they were not going about things for the right reason at all. They were pretending to be sheep, but they weren't. And so because of that, I would call them the first sheeple in the church. Uh, they were, they were interested in what the, the recognition they could get from the crowd, from what they could get from the people around them. And, uh, there are, that's, that's not a good reason. And the Lord makes it clear at the very beginning. It's not a good reason to be involved in the church just to please people. It's not about that. It's about pleasing him. In uh, Matthew seven twenty one through 23, the Lord is speaking. And he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So here again, he's talking about sheeple, isn't he? He's talking about those who are doing good works in the name of the Lord. And, uh, uh, and, 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 I guess they thought that they were okay, but they did not have a personal relationship. And that's made clear because he says, I never knew you. They never took time to get to know the Lord. In second Timothy, uh, when Peter's, I mean, whenever uh, Paul is talking to uh, Timothy, he says, for the time will come when they will not tolerate sound doctrine. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires. And so we have, it appears to be churches full of sheeple, just trying to hear what they want to hear and hire the preachers that are going to tell them what they want to hear instead of really being open to the Lord and having a personal relationship with him. As I mentioned, there was a time when I was a sheeple and not a sheep. I didn't have a personal relationship with him, but I was very involved. I was in the church, as I said, because it was tradition in my family. But I have never been one to just blindly follow what's popular or just what I've been told. And so I began to ask questions. I'd read the Bible and one of the first and most important questions I began to ask is, why is it that we talk about all this stuff that God doesn't do today? Why is the Bible all about stuff that we never see or hear anymore? Uh, why doesn't God act today like he did in the Bible? And I was told, oh, well, that was just for back then, whenever the church was just getting started. And now we have the church and we have the Bible and, you know, we don't need all that other stuff. We can just go along with the church and everything's cool. But the Bible shows us that for thousands of years, from the time of Adam and Eve 
on through after the ascension, God got people's attention. God spoke to people, not just through the Bible, but himself personally speaking to people. Even after we see this continuing to happen after Pentecost. And so I decided that if there was a God like I read about in the Bible, he should still be doing the same stuff he was doing back then. And so that's what brought me to ask, ask him. I just prayed, said, God, if you're real, if you're really there, let me know. And he did. He let me know. And it became clear as I got to know him, he has not quit acting in the world today like he did back then. He hasn't quit speaking to people. And he, after he let me know he was real and uh, still spoke to people today uh, and let me know that he had personally paid for the sins that I thought were separating from me from him. He let me know he wanted me to be, to be a preacher. And then I had another question, Lord, where do you want me to preach? I mean, I've been doing what I want to do uh, all my life, and I don't want to mess up and just go on an assumption and just become a Methodist preacher just because that's what I grew up in. And so uh, he answered me with a question. He said, Joel, if all believers left the United Methodist Church, what would happen to it? And I had to honestly say, because I knew most of them were just like I had been, it wouldn't miss a beat. Bishops would still be sitting there and preachers would still be behind uh, pulpits. It wouldn't miss a beat if all the those who have a personal relationship with the Lord left. And so he's, then he said, Joel, the fields are white for the harvest in the pews of the United Methodist Church. And uh, you see, there were a lot of people that just they were sitting there every Sunday morning and they were hoping they were doing the right thing. And they were trying, but nobody had told them the right stuff. They weren't being told about that you could even have a personal relationship. It was all about being a church member. And if you were a church member, you were in good standing with God. And so um, he gave me my assignment. And so now for 47 years, I have been in every church that I have pastored, letting them know, those people sitting in the pews, that there's a God that loves them, there's a Jesus that died on the cross and paid for their sins. And the only thing that's keeping them out of heaven is refusing to receive what he did for them on the cross. And I have made sure that people have heard the gospel. And all of you who have attended these years that I've been here, you have heard the gospel. And so uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm confident that you have heard. And so uh, the next few weeks, uh, I want us, we're going to be talking about hearing God's voice and just diving in today on what we really want to hear. It starts off in this passage. We see 
Hearing God is not some thing you do. It is someone you are. Big difference. Not something you do. It's someone you are. God speaks to those who have a personal relationship with him. And uh, the first thing we need to know about this is, and remember, is that it is innate. As human beings, we were created in the image of God. And our God is a communicative God. He speaks. He spake the world into existence. He, even as he was doing it, he was talking among uh, uh, the rest of the Trinity. Let us do this. Let us do that. We have a God that communicates and uh, he created us in his image. And so you were born with the ability to hear God. Adam and Eve conversed with God every day. When we're born again, we become children of God and we can hear his voice. Uh, he is the shepherd and we are the sheep. And Jesus tells us today, his sheep have the ability to hear the shepherd. Uh, John 10, three through four, to him, the doorkeeper opens and the shepherd, the sheep hear his voice. Hear that his sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. And then in John 10, 16, if you're in the gospel of John, the 10th verse, you might want to follow along here. John 10, 16. I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice. The other sheep, he was talking to the Jewish people at that time. And nearly all the scholars agree that he was talking to Jews and he was telling the Jews, I also have sheep that are Gentile. And so uh, he, he includes you and he includes me uh, in that picture along with the Jews. And so, and then he goes on, he says, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. And then in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Personal relationship. When you get to heaven, if you have a personal relationship with him, he's not going to say, depart from me. I never knew you because you know each other already. You don't have to worry about that. Now, who's the shepherd? Jesus. That's right. Let's all say it together. Who's the shepherd? Jesus. That's right. Okay. Now, Jesus is the shepherd. Now, let me ask you this. Do you follow Jesus? Shake your head up and down if you do. Okay. All right. All of you that shook your head up and down, you're sheep because you follow Jesus. Okay, so turn to look at somebody around you and say, I'm a sheep. 
Yeah, yeah. You're a sheep. So, uh, and now then, uh, if uh, you're the Lord's sheep, the Lord's made it clear. You can hear his voice. It's a part of you. It is innate. It's a part of the way that he has made you. Yes, so it's innate. But hearing the Lord is also something that is learned. Now, though you are born with the ability to hear God, hearing God isn't solely based on innate knowledge or wisdom. Learning to hear helps increase our ability to hear him and to understand him. It's dependent upon being taught. We all have to learn to hear God. So not only do you have the ability, but then you do have to learn. Great example, children. Children are born with the innate ability to speak and to understand many, many languages. But then they have to learn to communicate. They have to learn to hear and they have to learn to come to let it be known what they're trying to get across. Now, after I heard the Lord's, Lord's voice for the first time, when I really knew it was him, I felt a real tinge of regret. And the reason why was because I had heard his voice that still, small, quiet, persistent voice my entire life. He had been speaking to me since I was a child and I had ignored it. I'd let other voices, other opinions, other things drown out what the Lord was telling me. When uh, we, uh, we were just getting started ministry, my first church, one uh, morning, Sharon and I were sitting at the table and no, it was at night. The kids had gone to bed. Joel and Aaron had gone to bed. And Sharon and I were sitting in the living room talking at the parsonage. And, and then uh, Joel comes walking in, kind of half awake, half asleep, says, Sir, <laughs> we had no idea what was going on. I said, uh, wh- what's going on? I said, well, you called me. So wh- wh- what do you want? I said, no, we didn't call you, Joel. I, said, I heard you call my name. I did not. So... It must have been somebody outside. He was going back to bed. So we went back to bed. About 10 minutes later, he came back in. Sir, same thing. And then it hit Sharon and me at the same time, what was going on. Do you remember the story of Samuel and how the Lord spoke to him? Well, we said, okay, Joel, it sounds like maybe the Lord's trying to speak to you. So you just go on back to bed. And if you hear him call your name again, You just say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And so uh, he didn't come back in. So the next morning we're sitting at breakfast and we just can't wait to hear what sort of great revelations that uh, God uh, uh, shared with Joel if he spoke to him again. So uh, we asked him, said, Joel, did, uh, did the Lord call your name again? Yes, sir. And did you did you say, speak, Lord? For your service listening? Yes, sir. He went back to eating. We were just one more. Well, what did he say? He said, he said, Joel, 
I love you very much. And that was it. But uh, the Lord spoke and his heart was clear enough to where, and he had somebody that could, would encourage him to listen. If somebody else might have just said, that's just a voice outside, go on back to bed, go to sleep. And he would have missed that opportunity. You see, you have to learn to listen. And uh, so uh, it was at that moment when I recognized that still small voice that I realized just how patient, how loving, and how forgiving and merciful our Lord is. He put up with so much when I totally ignored him. (sighs) I had to learn to recognize his voice and my spirit had to be open to receiving what he said. We've been blessed with our first great-grandchild and Millie is going to be a year old this next month. And so we have had the opportunity to watch a little one start learning how to communicate. And she's learning pretty well how to tell people what she wants and, uh, and, and, and how to do it. And uh, like I say, it's a wonderful thing. But see, she is learning. She had the ability. It was there. But she is now learning. And so uh, she was born with an ability. But she had to learn words and what they mean and how to put them together to convey a thought. And uh, she's having to learn how to understand what people say to her. Uh, not only is hearing God something that the ability to hear God, something that's innate and learned, but it also matures. It We, we grow. Uh, example, I, uh, a pastor, well, it was, uh, let's see here. It was a uh, pastor, Robert Morris was telling the story of, uh, a long, again, a long time ago, back when there were cigarette machines in restaurant uh, lobbies. And it was after church, everybody in church was, uh, or everybody in the restaurant lobby waiting to be seated. You know how that goes after church. If you didn't beat the Baptist, man, you know, you're just all waiting there in the lobby. And so we were all there waiting. And uh, what happened, or they were all waiting. And there was a little boy just going all over the place. And he was just fascinated with this cigarette machine. And he's standing there looking at it. And then a man came by and bought a packet of cigarettes. And the little boy just said, Daddy, that man bought a packet of cigarettes. That man's going to hell, isn't he, Daddy? He's going to hell. Just loud where everybody in the entire restaurant could hear it. Now, this little boy uh, was parroting what he had heard wasn't he from other people uh he was from a they'd been taught you just don't do that sort of thing but you said well the point is not everything you hear is from god uh there are other voices and sometimes you can mix up stuff that you've been taught with stuff that you think you're hearing from god and uh so uh, as we mature we get to where we can discern clearly, more and more clearly between the two. God wants to communicate 
with us on a regular basis for fellowship, not just for instruction alone, not just to tell us what to do. People are prone to go to God for two reasons. Oh God, what should I do? And usually inferred in that is I'm in trouble and I need your instruction now to get out. You know, that's one thing. And then, but what the other reason we go, we just go give him our to-do list. God, this is what I need. Bye. And we're gone. We, we pray like a, my, my grandmother's telephone calls when I was little. Grandma would call up and say, Joel, I'm going to be at your house in five minutes. Click. <laughs> there was no chance to respond. She was gone. I mean, there wasn't a goodbye. It was just she stated what she wanted us to know, and then she was out of there. And uh, it was just discombobulating to all of us, but that's just the way that Grandma did telephone. So, uh, but that's the way, think about it, that's the way we do God a lot. You see, talking to Him is only half of prayer. Listening to Him is only half of prayer. He wants to walk with you and talk with you, but He wants to also, He wants it to be a two-way conversation. He intended prayer to be a communication between a father and his children. So just let me wrap up by just asking you this. Do you have a communicative relationship with God? Do you talk to him and do you listen to him and do you hear his voice when he talks to you? God still talks. Now, again, it was Robert Morris shared the uh, uh, an experience that he had where one of his well, well-meaning and good church members had him out to lunch. And he said, in your sermons, I hear you talk a lot about God speaking to you and God speaking to other people. And his eyes got red and he said, I've never heard from God. He never talks to me. And so uh, Robert said, well, It's just because you haven't learned to listen. And this is what he told his church member to do. He said, I want you to take your Bible, find a time where it's quiet and where it's just you and the Lord, and then start somewhere in the Bible and start reading, read a few verses, and then stop and ask yourself, what do I think the Lord is saying to me? through these passages and write that down and then talk to him about that and listen to him about that and then read some more and then ask, what do I think the Lord's telling me? And then write that down, talk to him about it and move on. It was about a week, I'm sorry, it was about a month later that uh, he and this church member got together again. And the guy looked at him again with red eyes, but with joy on his face and saying, for the first time, I can hear God's voice. If you haven't gotten started, I want to encourage you this next week. I would say at least tomorrow morning or sometime tomorrow to start that. It's one of the ways to open your spirit and your heart up to the voice of God that's stronger than any other way that you can do so. It's the way that the Lord gets my attention a lot. 
I try to start the day every morning by reading in the Bible. And uh, there are a lot of times that I get wake up calls from what he has to say to me uh, whenever I start reading. And I see new things every time I read. And I've read the Bible, I don't know how many times. Every time there's something new that the Lord has for me. I want to encourage you to start that process. Start listening. And the next few Sundays, we're going to be talking more and more about the fact that you're his sheep. And his sheep hear his voice. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for creating us in your image so that we can communicate with you. And Father, we thank you that you still speak to us. We thank you, Lord, that you are the shepherd and that we are your sheep. We ask that you help us to learn to mature in our growth so that we can hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen.